Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, if I receive mercy... And if I receive grace, how am I to treat you? With condemnation or with grace and mercy? Grace and mercy. So we should be a people of what? Grace and mercy. Not just in our relationship with God, but in our relationship with one another. People can be so amazingly mean to each other. You see in the news every day instances of family members harming, even killing their own relatives. But it's nothing new. Remember Cain and Abel? The first two siblings, one was a murderer, the other the murder victim. The problem, as Pastor Mark will be teaching about today, is the heart. When people don't give their lives over to Jesus and let the Holy Spirit change them, you have the same conflicts. Today, you'll learn how to let God change you from the inside out. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, as he continues his message, Our Race of Grace. I want you to just get a picture in your mind. Fear, stay away can't be pleasing. There's no personal thing with a God. Here's Jesus washing the disciples' feet. What a different picture. Now why? Because this is the new covenant, not the old. I don't want to go back to the old. I want the new. I want the new covenant. Here it goes. Paul says, for I pass on to you, 1 Corinthians 11, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, bread, And he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the, say it with me, the new covenant. So this is the new covenant, not the old. This is a new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed by my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat the bread and drink the cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So understand, just before Jesus goes to the cross, he says to them, we're moving from the old to the new. Now, they'd have a hard time understanding that. But they're moving from the old to the new. God would now be approachable. Not with fear, you'll see, but still awe, but not fear. Now, look at verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion, 
to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. So what's happening in heaven? What's, we know what happens in heaven. There's lots of praise. There's lots of worship. When we get to heaven, we know that there's going to be angels there. None of them are named Emma. There's going to be lots of angels. And it's going to be a beautiful thing because they're worshiping God. Now, why does the writer say, let's take a look at heaven? Well, for two reasons. One, while I'm on earth, spiritually I'm already in heaven. If you're a Christ follower, positionally, Ephesians tells us, you're already seated in heaven. So God already sees me there. But I'm not there. I'm here. Well, how do I approach God? Does he have a big sign that says, fenced off, no approaching? No, it's exactly what? Exactly the opposite. Way different than the old. Doesn't say stay away. He says come. Remember this verse? We studied New King James, Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore, say it with me, come boldly to the throne of the law. Is there a difference? There's a huge difference. Come to the throne of grace that we may receive, obtain mercy and find grace in our time of need. Notice it's not a throne of condemnation. It's not a throne of judgment. It's not a throne that says you can't come. You haven't been good enough. You'll never be good enough. Don't try to approach me. It's a throne of grace. I'm encouraged to come boldly and approach my heavenly Father. How do I approach him? Through the mediator, Jesus Christ. We don't approach God directly. There is one mediator between God and man. The man, Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus came. That's what Jesus was saying on that night. He says, I'm going I'm going to institute the new covenant. It's based on my blood, not the blood of an animal again in the Old Testament. That was fine for the Old Testament. It's not the Old Testament. It's on my blood. And because of this, you're going to be able to approach God directly through me. So what happens when I go there? Two things you want to look at. Number one, we receive mercy for my past sins and failures. You want that. I want that. I need that. And... I receive grace for the things that I'm doing right now. I need God's grace. Now, if I receive mercy, and if I receive grace, how am I to treat you? With condemnation or with grace and mercy? Grace and mercy. So we should be a people of what? Grace and and mercy, not just in our relationship with God, but in our relationship with one another. We have to watch that because typically we can be pretty judgmental. But I'm to be full of grace and mercy because that's what I've received. The reason I'm here is because God was gracious to me. It's a throne of grace. I don't deserve to go to God, but I come to him because he says, come boldly. 
You're coming to someone that already paid your debt. It's Jesus. He's our mediator. My needs, past, present, future, are met. So when I come to God, the forgiveness that I need is always there. How can you explain to a person that when they sin, they can go to God and get forgiveness? How do I know that's a true concept? Well, 1 John 1, 9 says what? If I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to what? Forgive and cleanse all of my sins. How often? When I come. You say, well, I don't think you deserve that. You're right. That's why it's called grace. You don't deserve it either. Have you ever said this? I'll never do that again. And after you did it, then what? And you got to go to God and go, he says, I already know. Because you know what? You know how I know that? He says he knows what we need before we even ask. And yet he's gracious. The Bible says he knows we're simply made of clay, dust. We just are human. Now, our goal, we'll never be sinless. You, you've heard me teach this many times. We'll never be sinless. There is no such thing as pure sanctification while we're here. We're never going to be sinless. But as I mature in the Lord, I sin. Okay, let's try that again. We'll never be sinless. You'll never be sinless. But as I mature in the Lord, I will sin less. less. Ask yourself, is that true in your life? Say, well, I'm not really progressing. Then start dealing with it. Because God gives you the power to do that. See, we approach that area of sanctification. We never get there. We never get to the place where we're sinless. But as a mature believer, certainly we're going to sin less. Now, remember, when you approach God, we have to be careful we don't do it without respect. He's not the big buddy in the sky. He's God. He's my creator. You're going to see that so clearly in Exodus. When God brings the 10th plague that he certainly didn't want to bring, but he brings it. And there is incredible respect and awe for God. So be careful. Don't take this privilege too lightly. Now, if I'm going to receive mercy and grace, I need to ask for it. And I do that through forgiveness. Verse 23. Not only are there angels in heaven, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge, notice, of all men, to the spirits of the righteous men made perfect. So not only are there millions of angels in heaven, this is a picture of what's going on right now, but the church is there. The body of believers is there. Of course, when we get to Revelation, we know that the church is certainly there in whole because of the rapture. But right now, parts of the church are in heaven, right as they speak. Everyone whose name is written in the Lamb's book of life is a citizen of heaven. Now, when you think about that, 
This is a question I'm going to ask you all through this teaching. Is your name written in heaven? See, if it is, then you don't have to have any fear because you know where you're going. You didn't get it there for any other reason other than Jesus Christ. Now, we just sang a song that I liked a lot. I don't want to leave this place. But actually, I do want to leave this place. I do want to go out and witness. I do want to share Jesus Christ with the world. But there is a day that I want to go to heaven. I definitely want to leave this place. Do you know why? This place is going to get worse and worse and worse. Don't believe this dominion theology. It's false. That the world's going to get better and better and better. God's going to come back when we have it all together. How many of you know that will never happen? And what we see happening in our world is, well, very frightful. So when we get to this place, it's going to be incredible because the family of God's going to be there. Most of us have relatives and friends there right now. They're rejoicing. They've made it. Their names are in the Lamb's Book of Life. They're there. It's incredible. Philippians 3.20 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So as I said, positionally, we're already citizens of heaven. Here on earth, I just approach God because he is my heavenly Father. Now, I want to challenge you a little bit about this approaching God for a moment. Many times we approach God Pretty narrow, not multidimensionally. Let me give you three ways to kind of just think about it. And I want you to practice this tomorrow morning in your quiet time. In your quiet time tomorrow morning, do these three things. Approach God with, number one, with confession. Say, God, you know how I thought yesterday, Pastor Mark talking about grace. Wow, that's kind of a condemning. That was a little negative. I was critical. Help me with that, God. Or if there's a sin he brings to your mind. Second, praise. Just thank God for the good things in your life. See, if we can't start listing those right now, then we need to repent. Mark and Amy and Pastor Dave and Barb were in one of the central America places, and they were talking about the kids and the place and how difficult, and like many of us have been in many, many parts of the world, and we forget how incredibly good we have it. And even as we sit here, we forget. You say, well, Pastor Margana, gas is $4, and you can all, hey, let me take you overseas, where gas has been 8 bucks for 10 years. You see, there's always somebody a lot worse. Amen? Always. So tomorrow morning, spend a little time praising God for what he's given you. By the way, has he given you a good church? Amen. That's why we don't want to leave this place. I mean, you know, it's not a beating of the path to the door. I mean, it's quick sometimes, but not a beating. So it's good. And last... Ask him for something specifically. Maybe you've been trying to accomplish whatever this is in your natural. Say to him, God, I want your will in that area. If it's your will, open the door. Ask him. He's a God that loves to give good gifts to his kids. 
We're not here to talk about all that prosperity stuff. But he is a God that loves to bless us. And sometimes we don't have simply because we don't ask. Now look at verse 24. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks of a better word than the blood of Abel. Now remember, Abel made the first animal sacrifice that we know of in the Bible. It was the blood of an animal, of course. Animal sacrifices then, as you know, as we studied the book of Hebrews, had to be done over and over and over and over again. They weren't able to cleanse the sin, only cover the sin. So again, notice what we see. Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, he did it how many times? Once. That's why we don't believe when we take communion that the body and blood of Jesus Christ is shed again. Because Jesus said it isn't. He did it once. Once and for all. It's finished. On the cross, it was finished. So the blood of Jesus Christ speaks of way better than the blood of animal sacrifices. Now, as a result of that, the writer gets very specific. Look at verse 25. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. So God is speaking. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, what he says is, what if the person says, I don't care what you say, Moses. I'm going to go touch the mountain. What did God say he would do? They'd be killed. So he's saying, if you're going to ignore what God says, it's going to be dangerous. Let's read it again. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. So if God says to you, don't do that, I want to absolutely go, okay, God, you are respected. I want to obey you. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? Second key tonight is listen and obey. So the writer is saying to them, hey, God is speaking to you. Don't even think about going back under the law. Don't leave Jesus. Absolutely don't do it. Now, we know what happened later. We won't go there tonight. Exodus 32 tells us when the people refused to listen, 3,000 people were slain after they made that calf into an idol. You remember that? 3,000 people. Because they didn't listen to God. So, He says to these Hebrews, if you stop running the race of grace and try to go back under the law, your outcome will be worse. Don't even think about it. Always trying to keep the law as a dead end. So if we reject the grace of God, we're left to stand before God with my good works. Impossible. Ephesians 1 tells us what that looks like. We who were dead in our trespasses and sins. So you don't want to do that. Listen up. Serving Jesus out of love is a key. Verse 26. At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised. Now watch this. Once more will I shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Verse 27. 
The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. These verses are leading up to a date when this world is going to be shaken for one last time. You read the newspaper recently? Would you say the earth is beginning to shake? We're seeing things we've never seen before. It's amazing what's happening in our world. From the economy here, to the euro, to the whatever, to Iran, to the missiles, to Israel. The world is simply shaking. This is only the beginning. You see, the ground at Mount Sinai, it trembled. But there's coming a bigger trembling. The whole earth will shake, and eventually, nothing will remain. Let me remind you that this passage comes out of Haggai, and it says this, Once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea, and dry land. When is the real shaking going to take place? Oh, it's going to happen as we get closer and closer to the rapture. But the real shaking is going to happen during that seven year period. Speaking of also in Joel and also in Acts chapter 2, this earth is going to go through convulsions, violent convulsions of nature that this earth has never seen. Remember Romans 8 tells us that the earth right now is groaning. It can't stand what's happening. So 2 Peter tells us in chapter 3, there's a time coming after the millennial reign After all this judgment on the earth, when everything is shaken, that there's a time coming and the whole earth is going to be destroyed, God's going to build a brand new again. Brand new heaven, a brand new earth. Well, while this earth is being shaken, why is the writer writing this? Notice verse 28. Therefore, since the earth is going to be shaken, since eventually there's only going to be one kingdom that remains... There's only one kingdom that's unshakable. You want to make sure you're in that kingdom. He says, therefore, verse 28, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, the kingdom of God, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. That brings up number three. What do I do with this race of grace? I want to number three, be thankful and respectful and live with awe. You see, if our lives are built on the stock market or the housing market or our wisdom or our health or our retirement funds, then let me just say this to you. You will be shaken to your core because those things will be shaken and nothing will remain with them. Doesn't matter. Your money, your retirement fund, the housing market, the stock market, your wisdom, your health. One day it's all gone. We're going to be out of here. 
Today, Pastor Mark gave you a bit of a geography lesson as you learned about the two mountains, Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. You learned that only one of these are on earth, the other one's in heaven. You found out that Mount Sinai represents God's separation from mankind, while Mount Zion represents mankind's access to God through Jesus Christ. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, we'll find us at the end of Pastor Mark's teaching, Our Race of Grace. You'll hear about the Jewish Christians who are thinking about going back to Judaism and how the writer of Hebrews is trying to get them to see what a bad idea that is. Pastor Mark will also be telling you the correct way of approaching God and additionally, how not to do it. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Hebrews. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting